Hello again! Like you said over the weekend, 
you could tell something was off right away from the first match. Because, in my opinion, as much as I enjoyed the match between Ricochet, Strowman, and, you know, everybody else, it was a great match. I enjoyed the back and yeah. forth. The finish mm-hmm. was clean. All that stuff, mm-hmm. fine and dandy. As far as an everyday tag team match, I'd probably give this a solid 7 or 8 out of 10. I mean, it was a great match. But it just, it didn't coincide with what they were setting up the week prior. And then, like you said, they went on to have more tag team matches. And, you know, another thing I just want to address, because it's part of this problem, I think, why these tag team matches maybe didn't get the pop that they normally would have had. Another thing goddamn shit where the wrestlers come to the ring and then you cut to commercial and then you come back and then the second team is already out there and doesn't even get an entrance. I mean, granted, you know, that gets mixed up a bunch throughout these shows every week lately. The last couple months of that, I'm kind of getting sick and tired of that shit too. It was cool at first because it was something different, but you don't get that pop from the crowd that you normally get when these guys come out because you know now. You hear a wrestler's music, you see them walk into the ring for about 30 seconds, and you know immediately they're going to cut to the fucking commercial break. So then how are you supposed to get excited for that wrestler or wrestlers coming out to the ring if immediately they cut the commercial and for two, three minutes they're just dancing around like Naomi or somebody else to their music for a couple minutes in the ring or the Usos with that awkward uh, where they stopped the music and then they didn't know what to do. And speaking of, can you watch the Usos any worse than they have since they debuted it on Raw? You had to notice that little little fuck up that they did with the music. It it made the whole sequence awkward. So what did the Usos basically do? Did they just sit there and rap for that whole commercial break? And dance around. How you? That don't get me jacked up. Whatever happened to just the golden age of? Man, here comes the baddest tag team on the planet, like the War Raiders. Amazing fucking entrance, and then yep. you immediately cut the fucking commercial break. I I get what you're saying with that, because it, it's, actually, it's a valid criticism from the WWE universe. The average fan, the average viewer, I, that's a good. Criticism because it takes away from the match right away. Here you are, you're excited about a tag team match or any match whatsoever, and you cut to a commercial. Okay. Now, granted, so, that's a, I should take that back a little bit. That didn't happen with the Viking Raiders this week uh, because they got jumped. Well, by it's happened. I was thinking of the week before when you have this broody, hardcore, mm-hmm. badass tag team. You play their music for 20 seconds and you go to fucking commercial break. Yeah. Now, it, the setup they did with the Luchas attacking them before the match was the only way that you could possibly sell this rematch or mm-hmm. lack thereof because the last week wasn't a, really a match. No. Uh, so, I, you know, for what it was, at the end of the day, these tag team matches, this is pretty much the best response they could have had. You maybe you could have changed a few guys here and there. Maybe not four matches. Maybe only two or three. Yeah, you could have did that. But overall, mm-hmm. between the four matches, they were all pretty solid for the most part, except for that throwaway lucha match. But at least they had the attack prior to the match, and it was kind of understandable. But overall, I don't think it was that bad of a response because they just don't 
have the right people to give a proper response. Yeah, yeah and going back to like the whole production thing, it, it, it does take away. Is and I, I know it's gonna be worse when you're in the live crowd. I mean, when you're there, it's like now you gotta sit there and wait, wait, and wait until they continue. And most of the time, they don't even continue going back to the match. Like the it really they, they didn't. Come, jump out and get awkward until what happened with the Usos last night, because that was just god-awful. The crowd just went... Yep, and then, like I said, they when they come back, they don't come back to the match right away. They either come back to a, you know, a backstage promo, backstage interview, uh, uh, a uh, make-a-wish, you know, for, uh, you know, seg- uh, you know little video. They, they just don't get back to it, and it does take away from the product, and the one thing I'll say as far as the tag team matches, because we'll, and then we'll move along. If you wanted to do something exciting to respond to what happened over the weekend with the Crockett Cup, and then again, the main event on Sunday night at Rebellion, if it was me, if I had the creative running, I would do a short tournament. All right? And main event it later on that night. Here's the thing. You would have had four tag teams go at it in three matches. And then if you really want to... Put that tag team, you know, yeah. on the pedestal. If you want to put the, you know, in the, um, in the, oh, in the spotlight is the word I was trying to say. If you want to put it in the spotlight, you have them in the three matches. You do it. Yeah, you have number one contenders tournament. I like that. And the main event, you have them face the champions. If you want your chance, if you, and it would show, in the way it wouldn't hurt the tag team, uh, tag team champions if they were to win. But also, if you had that team that would go through that tournament and face them and put them in a, you know, put up a good fight in that match. But if they come up short or they win the titles, it it, it really showcases them. It really puts them in the spotlight too in the tag team division because they fought two matches, went into that third match at the main event. That was me. If I had that booking power, that's the way I would have done it. I like that. And and I, the, that's what pissed me off. But I don't off. What you said. As soon as I saw that one after another, after another attack, after the second tag match, I was like, I know what they're doing. They're responding to the Crockett Cup. And again, continuity. There was no continuity when it comes to that because they ditched a lot of things that respond to what happened over the weekend. And I actually got in a debate with someone real quick, and we'll move along, about continuity. And he talked about the attitude error and compared to today in response to the Cody uh, uh, YouTube video with the double nothing. I'm sure you saw that. Mm-hmm. As far as continuity, there wasn't any continuity when it came to the uh, Attitude Era. It was Smash Mouth TV, Smash TV, uh, Smash TV, where one week they did this, the next week they completely ignored what happened the week before. No. Yeah. They, they did that. Only time they really continued with storylines were their main event guys. Yeah, it was all your like top 10 talent. Yeah, they didn't do that with any of the tag team, none of the hardcore, none of the IC. They never did that during the Attitude Era. It was always the world title they focused. No, if they did anything with groups of people, it was more like faction feuds and stuff yeah. like that than tag teams. Yeah, you are right with that. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with that. And I, I thought it was a horrible response to uh, what happened this weekend. But, I mean, there was not all negatives. There were some positives that came out of this. And... We'll get into that later on the show, but next thing we're going to talk about is uh, the women and men uh, on the Raw on the Raw roster were announced for the Money in the Bank matches 
Alexa Bliss came out twice last night to announce the raw uh, raw participants for the men's and the women's Money in the Bank matches. Uh, the men representing Raw will be Ricochet, Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin, and Drew McIntyre. And then the women representing Raw will be Alexa Bliss, Daniel Brooke, Naomi, and Natalia. Um, my first question for you is, uh, what are your thoughts on the announcement of the participants? How do you feel about that? Uh, first things first, the men's. Uh, like I said, Ricochet, here's the weird part. The guy that I have a problem with being in the match is also the same guy I'm looking most forward to watching in the match, ironically. It just, you know, Strowman, you understand why. Yeah. Corbin, you understand why. Absolutely. Drew McIntyre, you understand why. Ricochet, there's only one reason he's in the match. It's because he can do the high-flying spots and people mm-hmm. like Bobby Lashley or Robert Roode cannot. Absolutely. This, and that's terrible because what was the point of Robert Roode beating Ricochet clean in the middle of the ring? I understand it wasn't a qualifying match. I get that. But how if you're Robert Roode, how the fuck do you go from beating Ricochet clean in the ring to not even being on Raw and Ricochet's thrown in this match, which I personally think is a year too soon. I would have had Ricochet in the Money in the Bank match next year, let him get a lot more single cred. He's only been a singles guy on Raw for two weeks now. And here he is. He has a chance at the world title? Like, wait, what? Uh, But ironically, to the match, I am looking forward to him the most because I know he's going to give you them high-octane spots. So at the end of the day, I can accept it. I was just scratching my head. Now, as far as the women is concerned, uh, this is pretty cut and dry right here. You expect a Natalia, you expect a Naomi. You probably even expected Alexa because finally she's going to be back in the ring. You knew it had to come eventually. Uh, Dana Brooke, I am very, very pleased with this. And I did not think I would be. Why is that? Because... This, to that little discussion we had about future tournaments we're going to do, you got the loyal soldier got the crybaby spot. Because mm. this this was Sasha Banks's spot. Everybody in the world knows that. There's graphics all over the internet you can find that shows Bliss, Naomi, Natalia, Banks. All over. And at the end of the day, she could have came back. She could have gave a half-hearted apology. And she would have still been in this match. But at the end of the day, she'd rather take her ball and go home. So instead, you have virtually the most underutilized women's talent in the company the last, what, three years? Yeah. And from her little bit of promo work she did, you know, leading up to Mania and that, she did fairly good. You felt kind of sorry for her, and you were kind of behind her a bit. So, I'm loving it. Like, this is the loyal soldier getting rewarded. Yep. And I'm clapped to WWE for it that, you 
know, they didn't give in to Sasha Banks to get her in this spot. They said, you know what? Take your bitch ass and go home then if you're going to sit here and complain all the time. So I think they're pretty much washing their hands of Sasha Banks at this point. Maybe, a, you know, they'll make up someday. Uh, but for right now, I'm excited to see Dana Brooke get a shot. I really am. And I, I virtually have no problem with any of the four women in that match. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to address real quick, and for people that are listening to this on podcast forum later on, we are live on <clears throat> Twitch, Mixer, YouTube, Periscope, and Facebook Live under the uh, name Go Home Wrestling Show. So you can uh, chat with us as we record this episode. Uh, we're usually live on Tuesday and Wednesdays at 11.30 a.m. And uh, get him Jones in Twitch says, the only problem is, where is Ruby Riot? I'll tell you right now, they're probably going to repackage them. Because you got Liv going over the SmackDown. I think they're going to do something different with them. Because as far as the Riot Squad, their reputation, everything. It was destroyed with what happened in the last, what, six to nine months. Their, their Riot Squad is pretty much what Bobby Roode was. You yeah. know, he was, the, he was the guy that took all the, you know, falls. Ruby was the woman that, for all the women that were going up and down, up and down the card, she was the battering ram. She was the girl that they all got over to get over, so to speak. So, yeah, repackage all the way, and I hope the best for it. Yeah, and I, I still so say I still say they should pair up Logan with the Viking Raiders, but that is the I don't speculation. know if they'll do that because they're actually married. No, 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 there's speculation of that. I, I think this could be the one of the first scenarios where they might actually pair up a wife with the husband but not actually acknowledge that they're married. Yeah. Oh, freak out, freak out. We did see that before. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, that was my bad uh, Randy Savage impression. Um, yeah, I, now, as far as... The only negative I'll have about this is I wish they did qualify matches. And I know it's like all typical qualify matches. Yes. Yes, you got to qualify for this. This is the opportunity of a lifetime. Your chance at getting the Universal or the World title. It, for you just to be thrusted into it, that was my disconnect with it. But as far as the participants, I'm okay with. I'm fine with Drew McIntyre. I'm fine with Baron Corbin. You know how I feel about Baron Corbin. I'm okay with Ricochet because what he has done, especially in that ladder match, la- what, last, you know last year at TakeOver. You know why he's in that match. I just didn't agree how he got there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, qualifying matches would have made it more justifiable for any of these competitors on bo- both the women's and men's. Um, and I will say, Braun Strowman, I, you got it in a way, have a guy that, uh, well, he had... is a defending champ. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's. So. I got that, but I mean, have we ever had a repeat guy? That's why I was curious. Maybe Edge. No, he wanted after. Um, but he did win twice, right? Oh, he he wanted the first time in 05. 06, I think he beat Mister Kennedy for it on Raw, and, oh, and took it from, him. and uh, took it from him. So yeah, I don't think there ever has been a. Back to back, so that that'll be intriguing. That would be the excitement of having him in there, the possibility of seeing a repeat Money uh, in the Bank winner, which has never happened. Uh, Get him, June says NXT North American Championship ladder match. That's what the match I was referring to at Takeover last year. He, I mean, as far as what he did at that match was incredible. And I'll tell you right now, yeah, he may not get the victory, but I think it's a good thing to like put him in that 
light right now. I just don't think he will be competing for the world title or the universal title anytime soon. But this would be a good step, you know, to really showcase what he could do if they haven't done that in the last two months. But overall, I'm okay with the competitors. I just didn't like how they did it. They threw him in it without doing any qualify matches. What about the women? How do you feel about all four women? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, uh, Alexa Bliss, um, I'm okay with, uh, obviously, because, you know, last year, uh, going with the repeat. Dana Brooke, uh, long-deserved, uh, as well as Naomi. And Natalia. I'm not, I'm not I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't get it. I don't even think Natalia's <laughs> going to be able to climb the whole ladder. No, I don't get it. I think that if you were, yeah, maybe Ruby Riot, but I think they're going to repackage her because they, that Riot squad is completely ruined at this point, uh, creatively. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's the only one I don't mm, completely get. But everyone else, yeah, I get it. And Dana Brooke, I mean, this, this is a great opportunity for her, and I hope she knocks that out of the park. I've been enjoying her work as of late. Splitting from Titus Worldwide was a good thing. Oh, God, yeah. She's yeah. been amazing with what little time she's been given. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of people didn't like her promo about a month ago. Um, that was ahead. a great fucking Yeah, I thought it was. I don't know what people were smoking and hating on that. Yeah. That promo was probably... Honestly, you know, if you throw any Becky Lynch, Ronda, Charlotte BS out the window, that might be the women's promo of the year. Yeah. No, no, I would agree with you on that one. I definitely do. Uh, but, I mean, like I said, <laughs> she deserves it. I, oh, I, as far as the women, I actually want to see her to be the one. Yeah. I, I, I want her. That would be a surprise winner, and I would like to see her be the one that wins it. But, again, we'll see you in about a few weeks at Money in the Bank. And then, of course, we'll find out tomorrow who the participants are for uh, uh, for SmackDown. Uh, and uh, we'll see where, when that happens. Okay, let's go on to the uh, next thing, uh, next match that was uh, announced uh, for Money in the Bank. The Miz and Shane. Now, I'm going to get into this real quick. I'll explain what happened. Of course, we'll go into it. Uh, there's a lot of criticism on this one, too. I, I don't get it. I don't understand. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, of course, uh, th- this will be the conclusion to the controversial ending of the WrestleMania match. Obviously, for people that don't know, suplex off the camera scaffold, scaffold and Shane happened to be on top, getting the pin for the victory. Um, of course, the, last night, The Miz had Bobby Lashley on uh, as a guest on Miz TV. Of course, after taking jabs back and forth against one another, Lashley mentioned The Miz's dad, which set The Miz off. Um he ended up tacking Lashley, and that resulted into a one-on-one match. Now, when during the match, Shane McMahon came out, tried to distract him, tried to throw him off his game, and it didn't work at first because he was staying on top of Lashley. But eventually, it got the best of him. He was distracted again by Shane, allowing Lashley to nail the Miz with the spear, getting the victory. And of course, they attacked him after the match. That didn't, you know, sit well with the Miz. And later on that night, when he was being interviewed backstage, he issued a challenge to Shane McMahon for Money in the Bank in a steel cage match. And, of course, Shane McMahon on Twitter gladly accepted. And here we are. We're going to get the conclusion to the storyline that everyone's been talking about. But now people are complaining. And it's a steel cage match. I'm telling you, if you're an old school wrestling fan, I know you got to be happy with this. But there are people that are very dissatisfied with this. How do you feel about it? 
them people are fucking retarded. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, and that goes for any viewer that's listening to this right now. If you have a problem with this sequence right here, you can go fuck yourself. Uh, pretty much for me, this was the highlight of Raw. I don't care. Some other stuff might lead to better stuff down the road. Sure. Yeah, whatever. Uh, this The segment, Miss TV, was fire. The yeah, stuff with Lashley saying what he said, fire. It did get a little awkward during the match with Shane failing on the distraction at first. So for that, it, this whole thing had its ups and downs, and I get that. But at the end of the day, this was a great setup for this rematch. And, and with Leo Rush having the backstage heat that he does, of all the people to replace him, could it be Shane McMahon? And let me tell you right now, from what little bit I've seen last night, I am loving the chemistry between Shane McMahon and Lashley. Now, if they decide to move forward with this, obviously, what's the next step? Lashley in some way comes out and prevents Miz from climbing down to win the match. It's a typical heel thing to do. You have a guy on the outside prevent the good guy from climbing over the cage. It's it could lead to something huge for Lashley. And immediately, you go from a heel in Lashley to annoying little shit in Leo Rush. It, it, it made Lashley not seem as much of a credible heel. But now, you pair Lashley up with another credible heel in Shane McMahon, the possibilities could be endless. And I think this could lead to a huge push for Lashley. And then the next step after this is clear. Seth Rollins retains over AJ. And then you lead to a potential Seth Rollins-Lashley feud with Shane mixed in. And then you could potentially even have Triple H say some things on Seth's behalf. But then you have Shane saying things uh, on Lashley's behalf. And then you possibly lead to that. They want to have that one more match for some odd reason. A Triple H and Shane. And it could be the start of that. And I'm telling you, this whole thing, yeah, ups and downs, but at the end of the day, highlight of Raw, in my opinion. As far as what you said, I love your idea. It's simple, and it would work. And if anyone can make it work, it's a guy like Seth Rollins. It's a guy like The Miz. It's a guy like, like Triple H and Shane. And the guy that I am most surprised with was Bobby Lashley last night. And people and he get, knocked it out of the park. I think he did a great job. Shit the fuck away from him. I think he did a really good job. This was probably his best mic work since joining the company in the year. Absolutely. And this was the Bobby Lashley. If you would, if anyone watched him over at Impact Wrestling, this is the this is the Bobby Lashley you saw. It was a little more evil, and hopefully they could allow that. But Bobby well, Lashley, when that you... shit he used to do on Impact that you're referring to, especially when he was feud, feuding with MVP, that mm-hmm. shit was apt. That was Lashley just amazing. Because yep. it was the old school Nation of Domination shit where you fight the system, fight the system, fight the system, and then he eventually joined up with him, we all know. But yep. this was that Lashley. Yeah, and that's was, what I'm talking it about. It was amazing. And we were talking about that a year ago as far as that bad feud that he had with Sami Zayn. And I'm like, this is not the Lashley I know on the mic because he doesn't seem comfortable at that time. At that time, he didn't seem comfortable. 
when he no, was an impact. No, that's why they paired him up with Leo Rush in the first place, to have yeah. that mouthpiece. But, you know, but he's a guy that doesn't need it. how lucky we are to be in this situation now with Lashley, mainly because Leo Rush fucked up backstage. And we're talking about a lot of that going on right now with Sasha Banks. Naomi's fucked up in the past with backstage politics. And now we got Leo Rush basically losing his place because of that, too. These, these people just got to stop feeling so goddamn entitled about their spot and be a loyal soldier like someone like The Miz. And Miz is going to set off Lashley into something potentially very fucking huge this summer. And it's going to be amazing to see. And then eventually, yeah, fucking Miz can go fuck off and go for the U.S. title and stuff like that down the line. Sure. And he'll have his typical mid-card stuff going on. But Miz is that ultimate mid-card talent that can launch other mid-card talent into the stratosphere. And I know they'll throw him a bone eventually. And that's why you see this guy not complaining. That's why, like, look what he's done because he hasn't complained. He got a reality show. They got him other opportunities to really keep him in the spotlight and without being a champion. And some people, here's the thing. You don't always have to be a champion. Think of people like Roddy Piper. There's some people that just don't need the title. You're over, whether you're face or heel, and The Miz has proven that. And you know, it leads to the Leo Russ situation, too, because Leo, the main issue that's being reported is that he was going around telling people that him and his wife were going to be the next Miz and Maurice and get a reality show. And when I first heard that, I was scratching my head like, who in their right mind would have any interest? Well, I don't know what Leo Rush's wife looks like. I have to, I never did Google that, so I, I may need to do that someday. But who in God's green earth would be interested in watching a Leo Rush reality show? Get the fuck the, out of here. The only thing I'd be interested in him as far as is the remake of The Pest. Uh, going on with uh, what you were saying with the uh, title picture. Now, here's the thing. You got a guy that lost to Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. has not got that... Uh, rematch, even though it's not guaranteed anymore, but they still kind of do it. How would you feel about this, that Lesnar comes back around SummerSlam, then you have uh, him wanting to rematch, building up Lashley to the point that, though, I'm the next guy in line, and get that match that people have been wanting since he joined the company, and have them two in a major match at SummerSlam, winner faces whoever's the Universal Champion yeah, next I'm down with that. We've been hearing about the potential Lashley-Lesnar match for so long now. Yeah. God, I just want to see it at this point. I really do. Yes, I know it'll be a five-minute match. Yes, I know Lesnar will hit his spots. Lashley will hit a few spares. And if I was a betting man, I would probably say Lashley, if they ever do have that one-on-one match, is going to be the guy that gets the dub on that. Uh, but I just want to see it already. Yeah, I know it's not going to be a wrestling clinic, but I just want to see them two guys go at it. Yeah, and that's what everyone's been wanting. And I know Sammy's saying, oh, you want you want everything instant gratification, but no, this is something, an opportunity opportunity you do not want to miss. I'm it's glad that dream match that later on down the road, you're, you don't want to go, oh, I wish they did that. And I, I'm, I'm hoping- glad you mentioned Sammy Zane. Because if you do decide to do that number one contender match with Lesnar and Lashley at SummerSlam for who fights for the title after SummerSlam, what better guy to potentially face Seth Rollins at SummerSlam than Sami Zayn? 
Yeah, that would be a good match. <laughs> and yeah, and it builds up to him and he, he could be a hypocrite if he somehow thrust himself in not deserving of it. Yeah, that, that would be great. And a good heel. Because I don't he could think be a hypocrite. anybody at this point expects AJ Styles to win the title over Seth. So Absolutely uh, not. A potential guy down the line to maybe have that realistic chance but probably still won't, I would go with Sami Zayn. I would like that, and uh, Barry Corby, you know, he'll probably match in between then. Probably a one-off at Extreme Rules or something. But, yeah, I think that's the way they need to go. If it was me, I, I, as a fan, I would like to see that. You get that number one contenders match. You get that dream match of the two, you know, MMA guys now wrestling each other. Because think about it. When was Lesnar there when Lashley was there? Yeah. Never. So you never had this opportunity. Here's your opportunity. Seize the opportunity, and you, uh, with the right amount of money, Mr. Lesnar would come back from Winnipeg to fight him in a match. At oh, Sunset. absolutely. And especially, you don't have to go far. You're going from Winnipeg to Toronto, just saying. You even have to leave the country. And then if you even somehow book things perfectly, you could even have the Lashley-Lesnar rematch in MAA. Realistically. Yeah, that, that would be cool, and I'm sure... Money can like, be made, and Dana White would definitely jump on You would make that. history with that. If you were to have a SummerSlam match, and then add like a October-November pay-per-view, you get a nice MMA fight between the two. Ooh. Oh, better yet, have it after Survivor Series. You could promote it with that bit, because that's one of the oh, major man. events. And That well, would be gorgeous. Yeah, it would. Well, all right, since I came in my pants, let's move along before it gets even worse. Um... The next uh, thing we want to talk about, of course, is the uh, ban and the bell. Well, it's time to come in your pants some more. <laughs> yeah, go at it God again. God damn, Lacey. Woo! They go at it again. Uh, the segment started pretty... Becky came out to be interviewed by Charlie Caruso. Uh, she was asked about be- defending two titles in one show. Uh, she stated that she refused to stand back and just protect what she had. She wanted to fight. And then they showed a short video of the events that happened the week before. Lynch then called out Evans. She came out and spoke her piece real quick before getting into a scuffle with the double champion. And, of course, they had to be separated by personnel. I mean, it was short. It was sweet to the point. I think they knocked it out of the park. Um, the best things that happened are things that very few things are spoken about. Just you, This is a prime example of what uh, <laughs> being over without saying a lot. Without, you know. Oh, absolutely. What, what we saw this, was, this was done in such a perfect way that you didn't have expectations when Lacey came out. You really didn't because what did everybody probably think? They thought she was going to come down to the ring, talk a little shit, and walk away because she wasn't attacking from behind. I don't yep. think nobody expected her to throw down her mic, peel off her little dress she had, and then just start fighting. I don't. I think that took everybody and set them back right away. It was like that moment in a good movie when you sit back and you're like, oh, and then you're like, damn, they're going at it. I did kind of think the security came out just a tad too fast. I would have liked to have seen that go on for another 30 seconds to a minute before security I, came I out. I actually agree with that. Uh, yeah. Just a little bit more. Not much. I didn't need, I, I just wanted to see one of them hit like a big spot first and then the people come out. But as far as the little bit of fighting they did while the security was trying to break it up, it was perfect. Uh, 
I think, like you said, instead of doing a typical uh, voice thing to try to get someone over, less was more here. Lacey stopped talking. They just got down to fighting. And I think at the end of the day, that got Lacey over more than doing the typical heel thing that would have just been shooting off a couple comments and then scurrying off to the back. Uh, so I'm glad they didn't do that. I think this was pretty much a 9 out of 10. Like I said, only little minor hiccup. I would have said they could have fought a little longer before security came out. But otherwise, this was perfect. I agree with you. Uh, and Tangent Texas on uh, Mixer. How are you doing? Uh, and welcome to the show. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with you. Less is more. It worked. And I, I the only thing is that I, I disagree with, with you is the security. I think it was the right time because it want it wanted you to want more. You wanted more out of this, and in that aspect, you're right. That's why I was like, you know what? I like that. Boom, short, sweet. They did what they had to do. Very few words had to be spoken, and they did what they had to do. And they're they're talked about. If it wasn't a Miz thing, this is another thing that a lot of people were talking about, and they were talking in a positive manner, not so much negative. Absolutely. So. That's good to see. And I, I can't wait. This is, I'll tell you now, this is going to be a great, great fucking match. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> What's up, Force Nature? I, I fully expect, just to throw a little prediction out there a little early, I fully expect Becky to get the win against Lacey, but then I also fully expect Lacey to come out later and cost Becky, the match against Charlotte. I had a thing because we saw this thing last week that we talked about it when she said, I'm going to grab both of those titles. Really? Well, I thought the title was on the line. They were all women's title, not I both. I think she just fucked up and misspoke. Hear me out real quick. What if she was to win that to, and then pull the little Becky thing when someone's hurt, she get hurt. Someone gets hurt backstage. She steps in, wins the money in the bank. Later on that night, crashes it in and walks out with. Both it would titles. be something, but I don't picture that happening. Uh, I just think it would be funny, but you would completely bury Becky in the process. That would bury someone. I mean, dropping both titles same night, yeah, that would be bad. But in that manner, be even worse. And uh, uh well. I know from experience from my backyard wrestling days, dropping three titles in the same night—it's kind of embarrassing. You, you, you don't you don't want to be you don't want to be in the public after that. Yeah. I, I refuse to go to Wendy's afterwards, like I did after every wrestling match. Uh, what's up, uh, I Blaze? Welcome everybody. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to see where they go from there. Again, short, sweet. Can't wait for next week to see what they do with that. And going along from that to. Uh, well, we were talking about the universe and how the universe reacts to things. Well, here's the man that's been addressing all of it in the last few weeks, and that is Sami Zayn. Came out late in the show to talk about the WWE Universe, about their psychological entitlement, which I loved how he put those two words. He used psychological entitlement. And he also wanted to make it clear that he was enjoying, enjoying holding the fans accountable too much to quit WWE. And then he promised to come out every week and tell everyone in attendance about the terrible people that they have become. I have to ask you, because in the last two weeks, we've been very complimentary of this promos. Are you on the same page? Do you still feel he's knocking out of the park here? Absolutely. I mean, you know, 
I can't really think of much else to say, but just great fucking job. It's something different. You haven't seen this kind of heel character really. And he's not even really attacking the fans that much. He's doing it in such a sarcastic, slick way that you know what he's doing, but he also isn't going over the edge with it and, like, making it unbelievable by going too over the top, you know? It is just absolutely probably one of the best non-wrestling things going on in WWE right now. It really is. And it says something about the whole show as a whole is a majority of the stuff that we were behind on this show was the non-wrestling stuff. Yeah, the just fight. the opposite big here. Now the fight in between Lashley and Miz, yeah, that was part of it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, we were more behind the attack and the promo work than the actual match they had. Uh, and then the same with Becky and Lacey. It was beautiful. The promo setup was fantastic. And then you close it off with the Sami Zayn. You can argue wrestling was secondary on this show. Uh, the actual promo work by some of the talent was probably one of the better, you know, promo episodes of Raw you've seen all year. Just between the five of them, you know, all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Sami Zayn, keep doing what you're doing. Uh I think the next logical step form or first feud, I would say, is if you somehow have Rey Mysterio get the U.S. title off of Samoa Joe, I would throw Sami Zayn in with Rey Mysterio feud after this. I think that could be amazing. Uh, I'm kind of curious. You know, I got to throw a little nugget out there with Rey Mysterio with as much as they've been showing his kid lately, and I get that he's training to be a wrestler, but I wonder where they're going with that, and I just want to throw that little nugget out there. Uh, but I think Sammy could do amazing work as far as talking about Ray's kid. So maybe even if Ray don't win the title from Smojo, that could still be a possible feud with Sammy. Uh, I'm just really curious to see where they go with it. But I say keep doing what you're doing. Uh, as far as the first feud, I'm with you on that. As far as the first feud, I would like EC3. Because he's a, considered the entitled 1% guy against Sammy Zane. But you got to build EC up a little bit before you throw him into that. Yeah, right? yeah, you can, you can. You got to have him out there at least beat somebody, right? Yes, yes. And in the time, Sami Zayn does not have to be in a wrestle match until then. I think what he's doing is perfect. I love what he's doing. I love the fact that he's attacking the universe. And How I love many, the... Here's a question for you, real quick. Then, how many more weeks of promos before we get Sammy in a match? Would you say if you could book it? A month. Another month? That's about what I was going to say. It's about another month. I would be okay with another month because of what he is doing. He's he's doing a great job. It's not getting stale. He's do, he, he's attacking him, <clears throat> and he's getting heat. As long as he's getting the heat, he's fine. The moment he gets stale, when it, he's not getting heat, it's getting stale. Then you get him in the ring. But what he's doing is attacking him in real life. He's taking everything that is very critiqued. On wrestling Twitter, on any of the YouTube videos, they see what's being said about them. And he's taking it and turning them into great promos. And the psychological entitlement, I love that. I love what he said there. Because it, it does say it all about wrestling Twitter. It's like, 
We talk about the negatives too, but we focus on a lot of positives on this show. I hear a podcast that's all negative, and then you have podcasts that are just like us, where they focus on both sides, where they failed and what they have done very well with. I just don't like all negativity, and with wrestling, what are you going to get that? But overall, he did a great job uh, cutting that promo, and I can't wait till next week, because one week he was talking about his trips, and how his nine months away from the company was so great. This week, it was entitlement. We'll see where they go from there. And it's great writing. Whoever's a part of this, I commend them for this. This is great creative right here. Absolutely. All right. Um, Going on from two good promos. Now we go from two good promos to a contract signing with promos to end the show. They had Seth Rollins and AJ Styles sign a contract for the Universal Total Match in three weeks at Money in the Bank. Uh, The Phenomenal One talked about how he had what he has done on SmackDown Live. And his ambitions for Monday Night Raw. Of course, the architect responded by talking about this being his brand. Of course, you were expecting that. Uh, Styles, the question of Rollins without his brothers and was worn down from his fight with Brock Lesnar. And would he be able to stand up to the stamina of AJ Styles? Of course, they signed the contract. But after the contract signed, the Universal Champion refused to shake his challenger's hands. Styles then attacked him. Ensuing the brawl, of course, the end of the show, Phenomenal One Planet, <laughs> the Beast Slayer with a phenomenal forearm through the uh, the table to end the show. I mean, holy, I, I thought it was good. The, the, the promo that AJ Styles had on, on Rollins was incredible. Rollins' response was okay, but I think what saved that was what AJ said. And going on with what people were saying promo-wise with Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles, that people aren't that great on the mic. Those two really shine last night on the mic. You may disagree. I thought AJ did great on the mic last night. And I'm excited for this match. I can't wait. So what's your thoughts on the uh, segment? Uh, This was meh for me. This was your typical eh. Here, here's one thing I'd say. AJ Styles, if he would just shut the fuck up about making fun of factions, brothers, homies, whatever you want to say. His promos are unbelievable then. But for any solid wrestling fan that knows AJ Styles, he made his come up on factions and brothers. You you could list 20 superstars that's been associated with AJ Styles in various factions through various companies. That's mm-hmm. the only part of AJ Styles I am sick and tired of. You you just need to stop with that. Uh, besides that, if you just stuck with the house that AJ built on SmackDown against the house that Rollins built on Raw, Fucking beautiful. You didn't need to include the faction thing. That's that's my only complaint. And the rest of it was about your typical, like Gidham Jones said, nothing shocking. There was nothing that really jumped out as far as, oh my God, I can't believe you went there, man. Uh, The faction thing was the only thing that threw me off a bit. I could live without that. It seems like every feud that AJ is in, he acknowledges who the buddies are of the guy he's feuding with. 
and that just rubs me the wrong way. That's the only thing about AJ Styles that rubs me the wrong way, though. It's a very minor complaint, and I get that. Uh, but did this contract sign do anything for me looking forward to this match any more or any less? Absolutely not, because I was looking forward to this anyway. It's going to be a fantastic match. Besides the Money in the Bank match, it's, it's the clear-cut main event. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to see them guys tear the house down. And and it would be the most deserving of the, to be a main event, right? As of right now, and it's yeah. not being forced like it was when Lesnar was uh, champion. That's for sure. Uh, even though you got your thing with Kofi and uh, KO, I'm excited for that. That would obviously be in the last three matches. I'll be shocked if they do it any sooner than that. But uh, yeah, I'm in, I'm ready for this match. Um, you made a valid argument as far as AJ Styles promo is concerned. I still liked him regardless. I think it was his best work yet. He didn't seem awkward. He was out there. He, he's had this confidence ever since that feud with uh, Randy Orton, which I, I liked. And I hopefully he continues with this. And, uh, yeah, like I said with you, yeah, I can't wait. We got three weeks. And I can't wait to see where they go from there because that ended with the phenomenal forearm. I can't wait to see where they go from there. All right. Well, we covered the show, basically, and... What we do at the end of the show, this is the conclusion where we rate Raw from 1 to 5, and then we'll go into our next segment where we have the viewer questions. My question for you, how would you rate Raw? You had it high last week at a 4. What do you have it this week? Uh, not too much lower because of the amazing promo work, but I'm going to go with a 3. I want to go with a 3.5, but all the tag matches just, for me, killed it. I'm not as big of a fan of the current tag teams. I love tag team action, but just the teams right now, they need to be built up a little bit better. Uh, so I'm just going to go with the three. Middle of the road. I'm with you. Three as well. Tag team matches, I'm excited for, but I think they could have done it in a better way to respond to the Crockett Cup and the main event at Rebellion. Um, the promo work, I'm with you all the way. Yeah. They built their <laughs> matches perfectly. And I'm a guy that's yeah. usually for wrestling matches, not promo work. Uh, I mean, very little promo work, mostly wrestling. That's how I've always... Been, uh, that's what I've always been a fan of. Uh, this time, obviously, the exact opposite. For me to say that, that's saying a lot. So, um, it, if the matches were better, if they responded better with that, I w- it would easily got a four. But with that, I give it a three. We agree again this week. Uh, and answer, get them Jones in chat. We are not mentioning that awful fucking match of Samoa Joe and uh, uh, Rey Mysterio. I'm not doing that. I'm not fucking mentioning it. <laughs> All right. Well, the next segment of the show, we're going to be, uh, of course, we went on Twitter last night and I, I said, hey, do any of your viewers, anyone on Twitter, do you have any questions as far as, um, you know, the WWE product right now? And, and of course, I got a few here. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to say the question. We'll both a- answer them. Um, first one comes from last, Giraffe Standing. Um what should WWE do differently to prevent their decline in ratings? As we all know, their ratings have been down, despite the good shows that they have been having. But what would you do to, uh, you know, bring the ratings back up? Uh, stop trying to react to everything that the various indie promotions are doing, for one. I think that would top my list. Uh, and continue to build on your own original storylines and just kind of stick to them and not abandon them as quickly like they basically did with Robert Roode this week. His prime example, you built them up, 
nice new name, nice new look. We all made fun of it. We had a good old time with it. He won a match clean. And then the very next week, there was no time for him because you were busy reacting to what the Indies were doing with the Crockett Cup. So I think just continue to build up your own guys and stop trying to react to what's going on in the rest of the wrestling world. All right, well, as far as I'm going to correct you on something, I don't feel like NWA and all of them are Indies. They're just. They're well, they're, I, I, whatever. Other promotions. Don't call them Indies then. Call them other promotions. There whatever you go. That's better. They, I'm sorry. I was triggered. I whatever you call them doesn't change the point that I made. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. No, I'm just That's saying. all. Yeah, no, I agree with it. That's fine. I agree with you with your point. I just didn't agree with how you said it. Indies, they're not Indies. Uh, my thing is, I actually had something as far as that. Um, I, and I mentioned this before, but I'll give a little more detail this time, and it'll be quick. Um, a lot of people talk about the filler in the second hour. And a lot of people don't like that second hour. Because you got the first hour that's lit, second hour that's eh, and the third hour that's, you know, hit or miss. My thing is, I talked about this before. before, before I'm sorry. Bring back the television title. And you could showcase your low, the mid-card talent, or lower mid-card talent, and then put them to the next level. That's what they did in WCW. I feel they could do it, and they could do it correctly here. And Especially if you, on a three-hour show like Raw, you would exactly. squeeze that in. You're guaranteed a title match no matter what. You never have to defend the title on pay-per-view because they'll take away from it. You always have that the title defense on Raw. Now, I'll give you five people real quick that could be deserving of this opportunity. Mojo Raleigh, Cedric Alexander, EC3, Eric Young, Tyler Breeze. These are the men that have great, they're great, young, talented wrestlers that could use that little push like a TV title run to take them to the next level. Use that second hour to showcase that division. Have the first hour built to the third hour. That second hour, use it for that men. That's how you do it. If you have great, exciting matches, people will stay tuned for the second hour wanting to see that third hour and not tap out for a while and come back. That's, if that was, again, that was me. That's how I would do it. I like it. Uh, and again, we dressed it before, but this time it's a little more detail. Oh, and Paula Cruz, well, he's on SmackDown. <laughs> um, if SmackDown goes to three hours, yeah, have him do it there. But right now, it's still speculated that they're going to be... Uh, Three hours. It hasn't been confirmed yet. Uh, Josh Town says, What kind of name is Ivar? I don't remember Leif Erickson having a guy named Ivar and don't remember Minnesota having a lineman named Ivar either. I know that had to be a joke, but I think it would go along with the whole Viking Raiders thing. Uh, I think the name is freaking awful. <laughs> they should have kept their names. How do you feel about it? I don't even remember their new names half the damn time. Ivar and Eric. Yeah, that's why I said I don't remember them half the time. I'm just reminding you again. That's that's my biggest complaint with their names. It, it's not the overall tag team name thing. I think they finally got to a good name with that. Yeah, yeah. it was a little bumpy ride to get there, whatever. Yep. We can continue to make fun of that for years, of course. And we will. Uh, but as far as their actual individual wrestler names, uh, yeah, they're just they're nothing that jumps out at you about them. Uh, they're very easily forgettable, and it's terrible. Okay. Um, as far uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. They should have kept their names. Tag team name, Viking Raiders, I think that's their best one. And we all know why they did it for, you know, merchandising and all. So, but you, here, here's it is the what point it is. I'll make about them. 
for me the most. You can re let's say you poll the wrestling world. You can ask a hundred people what their two names are. You might get let's say sixty out of a hundred to name the two names, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So then out of them sixty, how many could point and go, Eric's that one, Ivar's that one? Probably less than fifty percent of them sixty. Yeah, I totally, no, I ain't disputing that. I totally agree with you. That's exactly you, like you tell you right now. Honestly, you can put a picture of both of them, Ivar, Eric, up on the screen. I couldn't tell you which one is which off the top of my head. I would be guessing. Yeah, that's uh, a problem. Yeah, it is, and because you took them for where they, you recognized them, and you completely changed everything. I, I, I I'm totally with you. They should have kept the. But news. as far as what their action has been like thus far in the ring, I think they've been booked perfectly as far as in the ring is concerned. Yeah, all mm, the names squash, stuff, we, 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 we can make fun of to the cows come home, but they've been booked strong so far. I hope they keep getting booked strong. Real quick before we go into the next question, the counter that, um, I would love <laughs> to see, I like what the, I, I get it, squash matches, but the first part, <clears throat> I would like to see them is the Usos, and I'll explain why. Of course, the Viking oh, Raiders... Amazing. Viking Raiders, they're the heels. The Usos are the face. Here's the thing. It's the veteran ma- main roster. Not veteran guys. Veteran main roster of the Usos. Take it on the newcomers of the main roster. It's a simple story. Who's the better tag team? New, old. There you go. Boom. You got your match. I know you it's go. quite a while before we get to that point, and I don't know who exactly would be the third team off the top of my head right now, but, man, a new generation TLC match with the Viking Raiders, Usos, and you throw in one other team, book it. Uh, what's the guys from uh, Tyler Payton? Uh, the guys from the U.K.? Uh, they had a match with Undisputed Air last. Oh, my God. Tyler Payton, who's the other guy? Someone in chat, please. That, that would be the 13, in my opinion. Tyler Payton. Uh, Mustache Mountain. Like, Mustache like Mountain. This, I just would like to see this all built towards a new generation TLC. Yeah. Yeah, you could, Mustache Mountain. I know that name. I just can't think of Tyler Payton. Trent Seven. There you go. Mustache Mountain. That would be a good 13. I, I could see that being a great. So, um. All right, so that's answers that answers that question. Now, Donnie Starr the, uh, on Twitter he said, "What are the WWE's biggest missed storylines of 2019 thus far?" Missed, as in they didn't do it at all, or missed, as in they fucked up. They fucked up, probably. Well, that's easy then. The Becky, Charlotte, Ronda, like my God. That was terrible. Uh, as far as miss, like, let's say something they should have capitalized on, I'm going to give, again, a little love to Dana Brooke. That promo that she cut should have led to something. And that, that to me, was the biggest, like, oh, you whiffed on that one because you had something there. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you on that one, but uh, I... I think they missed the opportunity here. Something to get Becky really over and eventually could have got her thrust in that triple threat match. Or in the time as you're building on that, you could have had a uh, a good heel turn. Turning Asuka heel the way she was over there over 
New Japan, when she was the evil. Yeah, I seen that. I video. would like to see an Asuka heel. Well, yeah, I seen the work she did in New Japan. I saw videos on YouTube. Holy shit, what that would be over. She would get heat. And have her speaking Japanese, like Japanese. People not understanding it, but it sounds evil. <laughs> I think they missed their opportunity because I think what, I like hurt, what hurt the triple threat was that the fact this the disconnect was that she tapped out. Becky tapped out the Oscar that night. Later on that night, she won the Rumble. <clears throat> that was the one thing that took away from me. But overall, I, like that. I think it was a missed opportunity because look where Oscar is now. Nothing against Carrie Zane. Come on, a tag team. She's she deserves better than that. They that her tapping Becky out was the worst thing that worst thing that ever happened to her. Because after that, she has gone downhill creatively. And I'm talking about Oscar. I mean, what, they have done nothing with her since then. It's sad. So that's how I feel about that. So that's my Miss storyline. Because you could have went somewhere with that. Okay. The last question is West, uh, from uh, Twitter as well. Russell Feature says, Thoughts on the new pay-per-view name, Stomping Grounds. Of course, they got rid of the Backlash name, and uh, they're saying Stomping Grounds is the new name for their June pay-per-view. What do we think of the name? Uh, first, I, I don't even know. It, it's awful. <laughs> it's, it's just straight out awful. It's bad. Um... I, I saw something on Twitter because I kind of agree with it. It was kind of the first thing I thought of. It, it was like a rock movie. <laughs> that was the first thing I was thinking of. It was like it was a movie that The Rock would be in. Um, I'm not liking it. What do you think of the new pay per view name? He is speechless. I, well, when I think of a pay per view name, especially. A pay-per-view like Backlash. Yeah. Uh, the whole this leads to a whole bigger discussion because essentially this is replacing Backlash, but Black it was already replaced with Money in the Bank, which should have never happened. Backlash is what you do to wrap up WrestleMania storyline. Yep. Backlash fits a match like Shane and Miz, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I think of wrestling pay-per-view names, I think of that's the theme of the night. Uh, TLC, TLC matches, Hell in a Cell, Hell in a Cell matches, Elimination Chamber, etc., 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 Survivor Series. Duh. Uh, you think of, yeah, Night of Champions. Oh, yeah, all the titles. When you think of Stomping Grounds, uh, I don't. I don't got nothing for that. All right, I'll, I'll say this. This I, is why I, I loved I, in your house pay per views. Do you have at that pay per view that coincides with that name whatsoever? I agree with you. It, it doesn't go together, and this is why I wish they go back to in your house pay per views where they had a different name for everyone: Good Friends, Better Enemies, uh, Ground Zero. You know, they had a different name for every in your house pay per view, and. And yeah, I agree with you as far as like backlash. That's the you know the follow up to WrestleMania. When we get back here wrestling, oh, second. Um, like what what I did back here wrestling ours was Injustice for All. That was like our WrestleMania. We had Redemption. That was our follow up. 
you took the follow-up pay-per-view and you killed it with the name. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, it has to be a theme. Backlash is to follow up WrestleMania. Every pay-per-view has their theme. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I think in a way they should go back to like just in your house. They don't even have to say in your house. They just, every pay-per-view, every month, it's a theme. It's It goes off of what is going on creatively. Uh, the biggest feud. The biggest feuds collectively. I mean, I I, th- I, I don't like the name either. <laughs> Dancing question. I think it's awful. No, it, it really, it really only fits one wrestler, and that's Seth Rollins with the curb stop. Other than that, yeah, where do you go with it? I don't know. Yeah, someone should get fired for that one. That's bad. Yeah, that is bad. And real quick, uh, answer a question, and then uh, we're end that show. Is uh, Force Nature says, wouldn't it turn out like Andrade though, with the crowd chanting what? No, if you have heard like. Going back to the Oscar thing, if you have Oscar speaking Japanese and it looks evil, it comes off evil, it, I mean, you could even get someone like a, remember Sonny Ono? Uh, WCW, WCW days. If you get that, you know, Japanese guy to be the translator, you could go that route too. She speaks the Japanese, it comes off evil. If you cut the promos, we, there's no subtitles, no nothing, just her going off in Japanese. But it comes off evil. That will do a lot for her. She but doesn't I, have to speak English to get over. But I also think with that comparison of Andrade and uh, Asuka, there's a little difference in how they speak, too. The way they have Andrade speak when he speaks in Spanish, he does it in that uh, seductive, slow-speaking way which is really prone, like, when I hear, I used to work construction, and I worked with a lot of Mexicans. When they spoke, it's like rapid, 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 rapid. There's no time to say what or anything like that. When Andrade speaks in Spanish, he does it so slow that he almost puts out that opportunity to say what. He's doing it so Whereas Asuka, if she's a monster hill, and she's just going off about, you're not ready for asthma. I think she would speak so fast and so monstrous that you wouldn't have as many opportunities to say what. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. That's a great point. <clears throat> but yeah, to answer your question, I, I think that's it wouldn't even matter with her. All right. Well, we came to the conclusion of the show. And. For everyone that, you know, watched us live today, thank you so much. Of course, everyone that's listening, listening to us on podcast, thank you as well. Big response since going over to Popcorn. Uh, we dropped up, a drop, we jumped up 20%. Yeah, let's get it out. We jumped up 20% uh, on our downloads. So thank you for Popcorn. Uh, they even put us on the front page for the week. So you can listen. For people that are watching us right now, if you can't catch us, you can listen to this on podcast form. We'll have an episode today covering Raw. Tomorrow we'll have one covering SmackDown. And on those platforms uh, you can listen to us on is Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Anchor FM, and of course our new platform, Podcoin. Which, people, if you listen to us on there, you can actually earn points to get gift cards and things like that. You technically are paid to listen to us. So, I mean, you can get gift cards for, you know, GameStop and all. They have a good catalog. Check it out. Podcoin. On, your, on Android and um, iOS operating systems. Then, and use people, code 
shitty hat for 10% off. Oh, fuck you. This is an awesome hat. Don't be jealous. Uh, for people that are listening to us on podcast form, you can, of course, catch us live every day, uh, every Tuesday and Wednesday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tuesday, we cover Raw. Wednesday, we cover SmackDown. And you can watch us on Mixer, YouTube, Periscope, Twitch.tv, and Facebook live stream under the name Go Home Wrestling Show. And then, when we're not live, you go uh, follow us on Twitter. He's at DShep1979. I'm under Go Home Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, we are done. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, pretty good show. Had a lot of fun. And I, it was a lot a lot more positive, positive than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, there is good things going on that gives you <laughs> hope for the future, but the tag team division ain't there yet. Yeah. All right. Um, any closing remarks before we get off? That hat's still shitty. Ah, uh, fuck you. All right, we're out of here, folks. We'll see you tomorrow for Go where we cover SmackDown Live, and we're going to do a best of the best tournament where you vote with us, and we got a good theme for this one. So tune in tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is the Go Home Wrestling Show. Thank you. Thank you.